Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. The title of my message this morning is Start, Shift and Stick. All right? Start, Shift and Stick. What should start? What should change? And what should stay the same? Now, the, the theme for October uh, is relationships, and we've titled it Love Is. And so for the whole month across all our locations, we're going to be talking about relationships. And I really want to encourage you, I wanted this to be the first thing that I say to you tonight, this morning, my apologies. See, I started yesterday, it's been a long day. Uh, the first thing I wanted to say is this, for this month of relationships go out of your way to find a way to engage with the theme this month okay do something to engage with what we are doing as a church and I don't know what that's going to be Uh, maybe you need to register for the marriage pop-up group maybe you need to actually make a connection you know someone that has been uh, on your heart that you maybe need to reconnect with Um, give them a call catch up with them take them out for a coffee take your spouse out for a date uh, go and catch up Whatever you need to do to engage with this topic of relationships, I just want to encourage you to do it. You know, whatever it needs to be, uh, be on board. So be proactive, uh, get engaged, and like I said, whatever it needs to be, because my, one of the, I suppose, the concerns that I had when I was putting this together is it became really apparent to me how much ground we have to make up as a church when it comes to relationships. Okay. We, we, have a lot of, we have a lot of work to do to restore what God is trying to do through relationships in our community and in our nation. And so I spent a bit of time this week doing some research and there's some really, some really catching statistics that when we talk about relationship, I, I had to try and start with this and just really encourage everybody to do what you can to engage with someone. This is what I found. The number one cause of death for adults between the age of 15 to 44 in Australia is suicide. Did you know that? Do you know you are more likely to have someone in your life die from suicide than you are from a motor vehicle accident in, in 2019? And, and that's, a, that's a startling statistic. That's a, that's a quite a grave Uh, concept to be able to think about you know and the interesting thing is from what I read uh, despite the effects of age gender ethnicity uh, the most identifiable root cause of suicide is the breakdown of relationships okay and so if there is a topic that we as a church need to embrace not for our sake but for the sake of our community and our nation it's relationships Okay, if there's one thing that we need to get a hold of in terms of our life and our relationship with Jesus, it's our relationship with people because our community is in such a grave state of need this morning. You know, the one common, and and I'm no expert on this, but uh, from reading this week, the most one common factor that is evident when we look at statistics for poverty, uh, drug and alcohol addiction, and mental health disorders is the breakdown of relationships. And so this is a really important topic 
and I believe, uh, I, it was over a month ago, I gave a word one Sunday night that I believe that people are going to walk into the church this month uh, that are not from church backgrounds. But, you know, right now the Holy Spirit is speaking to people in our community and he's, he's actually saying to them, you see what relationships are like and you know that they don't work. And I believe that people are going to walk in our doors that are from different backgrounds that maybe never have heard about God, they don't know anything about church, and they're not going to know what's going on, they're not going to understand what's taken place here, but what they're going to see is functional relationships. And when they see that, they're going to know that it's because of God. They're going to know that it's because of God is doing something in the lives of people, and that's why relationships function. And so I'm just praying that, we can be open enough that we can be responsive to people that walk in our doors looking for answers because we know from these numbers that our community is hurting. And so I encourage you guys uh, to get on board this month. Uh, We're going to launch this morning from uh, Matthew chapter 19, from verse 1. And it says this, Now it came to pass, when Jesus had finished these sayings, that he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan, right? And a great multitude followed him, and he healed them there. So Jesus is ministering. He leaves to go to another area. Uh, It says that a great multitude followed him, and this is what Jesus did. He healed them, just like youth camp, amen? Uh, And the Pharisees came to him, testing him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined let no man separate. What God's joined let no one separate. Now, Before we take a look at the significance of this passage, uh, we need to understand a fundamental principle of how Jesus interacts with the Old Testament, okay? Just a bit of theology for everyone here this morning. Don't fall asleep, all right? Except for Madison. She can sleep all she likes. God bless her soul. All right, so fundamentals of theology. We need to understand how Jesus interacts with Scripture and how he interacts with history, right? And primarily... He does one of three things. Start, shift, or stick. Can you, start, can you say it this morning? Start, shift, stick. So what we find is that Jesus fundamentally does one of these three things, okay? Number one, he'll start something, okay? On the backdrop of history, on the background of the Bible, Jesus will start something, all right? So an example of this is the idea that Jesus brought up, which was that God is a father, right? Has anyone read the Bible and heard Jesus refer to God as father? Has anyone noticed that? So this is actually a new idea. It's a new thought. It's a new revelation. It's a new way of operating. And so the Bible, the Old Testament says, hey, God is Jehovah or God is, you know, Yahweh or God is a God of the attribute. And Jesus starts something new and says, hey, actually, God's like a father. That's what he does. So Jesus starts something. The second thing is that Jesus shifts, okay? He doesn't start something new. He takes something from the Old Testament. He takes something from Jewish culture or Jewish history, 
and he shifts it, okay? Now, an example of this is communion. So Jesus is with his disciples at the Last Supper, and what are they celebrating? Do you know? That's right, Passover. They're celebrating the Passover, which is what? It's, it's an Old Testament practice, right? It's something that the Israelites would do where they would sacrifice a lamb, the blood and the body of the lamb represented the salvation for their household when they came out of Egypt. So Jesus is at the Last Supper celebrating Passover and then he takes this existing idea and he shifts it. Okay, he says, hey, we used to do Passover with the body and the blood of a lamb and I'm shifting that because from now, and the disciples don't understand this because they don't have hindsight like we do, right? And he shifts it and says, you used to do this, but from now on, you're going to actually share in the blood and the body of mine that will be sacrificed on the cross, and you guys will have the bread and the wine, and that is how you'll remember the sacrifice, okay? That's how we remember, that's why we take communion every month, we remember what Jesus did. Now, he didn't get rid of the old, right? He didn't start something new, but he shifted something that was existing, You with me? The third thing that he does primarily is that he sticks. Okay? He's not starting something new. He's not shifting something that is existing, but he's sticking with what was already established. And that's the situation that we find ourselves in in Matthew 19. So Jesus is teaching. The Pharisees come and test him. And Jesus goes, hey, you know what the Bible says, right? He goes, you know, you've heard it said. You guys know what it says. You've read it. It says God created them, man and woman, right? They'd get together, and that's why man leaves his mother, right? And they get united as one flesh. You know this from the beginning, and I am sticking with it. I'm not starting something new. I'm not shifting it, but I'm sticking with what God established back in Genesis. And then he actually goes on to say, in fact, you guys know this, right? You actually know this, and so we're going to stick with it. And what God's done, don't let anyone separate it. So he actually, not only does he actually stick with it, he reaffirms it. He says, hey, you know what God did at the start, and it's still the same now, and we're sticking with it. And furthermore, what God's joined, let no man separate. Okay? So we're sticking with it. Now, my point is this in this passage. Right? Start, shift, or stick. God has a plan. Okay? And whatever God created, He has a purpose for. And whatever He has purposed, He has a plan. You with me? All right? Whatever God designed, He designed with an intention. And what He intended, He has a standard for. Okay? Now... Who owns a car? Come on, give me a give me a wave. We are. Do you know that your car was designed by a manufacturer? This is this is like way you know just crazy thinking. You know, two atoms did not collide together and manufacture your car, right? Your car was designed, right? I don't know what sort of car you drive. Your car was designed by a manufacturer with an intention, with a, with a plan, we're going to build this type of car, and it was delivered with an owner's manual. Do you know what the owner's manual is? 
It's that book that sits in your glove box that you've never read until you're doing something to your car one day and you're like, oh my goodness, what, how on earth does that actually work? And then you go, oh, there's a user's manual. And you go and get the book and it's like 400, like the book's like this big, but it's 400 pages thick. I don't know why they do that. And uh, you've got to flip through and find out and you're like, oh, that's how I get the CD out of my, out of my car. Um, but your car was designed with an intention and delivered with a manual, okay? In the same way, relationships were designed, right, by a manufacturer, by this guy called God, with an intention and was delivered with a manual. Now, you know the manufacturer of your car does not moderate what you do with it. Have you noticed that? When you go and buy a car, the manufacturer sells you a car and they give you a manual and then from there, you can do whatever you want with it, you know? Like, if you decide you want to do something with the car that the manufacturer didn't intend, they're not like, there's no Toyota police up there waiting for you to actually turn your car off. Oh, look, they're speeding again, I'm going to switch the car off. You know, you're free to do with it whatever you like. And so, you can, you know, tomorrow is a public holiday. Can I get an amen? amen. Come on, and the weather's going to be lovely. Amen. And Maybe you drive, maybe you drive a Toyota Corolla, all right? Don't put your hand up. Um, maybe you drive, it's a fantastic car, Josh Smith. Anyway, maybe you drive a Toyota Corolla and you decide tomorrow, he's gone home so I can say that, uh, maybe you decide you want to go for a drive up the beach, you know, because that's a lot of fun. Who doesn't like going for a drive up the beach? And so you get your Toyota Corolla and you drive up the beach there's only one problem, it's that the manufacturer never intended for you to drive your Corolla as a full drive on the beach. Okay? <laughs> Amen. Now, but you can still do it. No one's stopping you from doing it, okay? You've probably never read the manual that says you probably shouldn't do this. You're free to do whatever you like, and you can go and do it, but the result is going to be your car is either going to get stuck or it's going to break. Right? Only one of the two is going to happen. And this is the same with relationships. Okay, God's created these with an intention. He's given you a manual. But the problem that we're stuck in is the community, the world doesn't know this, right? We, we've got rid of God. We've got rid of the idea that marriage was a concept that God created. We've ditched all that. And so we're driving our Corollas up the beach and they're breaking down left, right and center. And no one's actually thought... Why is this happening? And yet the truth is they were designed with an intention, delivered with a manual, and we are breaking all the rules. And yet the world's looking around for answers going, why is this happening, you know? Why are we more likely to lose people to suicide than from a car accident? And the truth is because we're breaking all the rules that the manufacturer intended. Your, you know, your marriage was not just intended for you to just go and have a bunch of fun. But that's how a lot of people treat it. They're just like, hey, I'm just here to have a good time. And we're like, okay, that's, I understand that, but that's not necessarily what it was created for. And if you go and do something with your relationships that God never intended, it's going to break down. And so this is why it is so significant that we engage in our relationships as believers is because the world's looking for an answer and the answer's right here and what's even more frustrating is the answer is so simple, but we actually need to go and live it as an example. 
right? We actually need to go and live according to the manual because there is a world out there that's waiting to see it. It's one of the reasons I'm convinced, I just thought about it after the first service, it's one of the reasons I'm convinced that the devil is so fixated on stopping people from getting into church. He's got you so scared to invite people because he knows that whether they believe it or whether they understand it, if people from the community come in here, they're not going to be able to help but see that there are answers in the lives of people in the building and they're going to go, there's something different about this. I see a community that has no answers and yet there's answers here. For me, when I was young, I was an apprentice. Uh, I worked in a workshop. I had four tradesmen and one boss. And my four tradesmen, I, put this way, I'm not going to go into the detail of their relationships, but there is one thing that I was convinced of from working with them and that, that was that they had no idea how to do relationships. If what they were doing in marriage clearly doesn't work, so I'm not going to do it. So when I came to church, I didn't know that the answer was there. All I knew is that the answers weren't out there. And when I turned up, I looked around and shock horror, here's people that are happily married celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary. And they're not gritting it through. They're not sitting there going, you know, we didn't get everybody up and go, let's pray for them because they made it. They're up there going, this is awesome. And so it was really easy for me to look around and go, I don't know, I don't know, clearly I don't know what the answer is, but clearly someone in here does. And that's the reality of the situation that we are in right now in history where community has no idea what they're doing and hopefully we do as believers, right? And so God wants to get people in so he can see what he's doing in our relationships and it's so critical that we engage in this month because if we don't know how to do it, we won't be able to model it to a nation, okay? And so start, shift, and stick. <laughs> when, uh, when I was young, I got saved when I was 20 years old. One of my convictions is that we, and has always been, that we actually need to be quite upfront that we are living according to God's plan, right? Uh, I got saved when I was 20. I'd been in church for a grand total of about a year, and uh, I'd met this lovely young lady who's now my wife, and I, I, I moved out, so I moved out of home when I was 16, so literally I'd been living on apprentice wage for, for a few years, I had no idea what I was doing, all I knew is that there was this place called The Mines uh, where I could make tons of money, right, and so I'm like, I'm going there, I've got no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going there, and uh, 100% through no, of, no wisdom of my own, but purely from the blessing of God, uh, I was able to, I, I travelled out there, I had a friend that was living there, uh, I, I moved into his garage, I got a job on the second day that I was in town um, from someone that I literally, I barely knew, rang me up and offered me a position. And so I got a job in the mines and there I was. And the thing you've got to understand about the mining industry is uh, it's really remote and it's completely dominated by men and there's not a great deal to do, right? So one year in church, I've gone out to central Queensland and, uh, and I'm on site with a bunch of guys and we're 50 kilometres from a sealed road, you know what I mean? Like we're 50 kilometres down a dirt track in the middle of absolute nowhere and I'm with a bunch of guys for 14 hours a day, right? And we're working but there's nothing else going on. 14 hours a day is a long time. So what do you do? Well, when someone new turns up, by the time you get to lunchtime on the first day, you've already, all, you've already asked them 65 questions, Right? 
And so I've turned up. What are you doing here? Where are you from? Tell us about your family. What are your goals? What are your plans? You've got a girlfriend. That's really interesting. You haven't had sex with her yet. You've been dating for a year. What the hell is wrong with you? Right? You give away a tenth of your wage. And literally, this spread like wildfire. They're like, have you met the new fitter down at the coal loadout? This guy's a lunatic. Right? He's got this girlfriend. He showed me a photo. She's gorgeous. He hasn't had sex with her. You know? It's kind of funny because they'd be like, you know, they'd go to the pub on a Friday afternoon and drink $1,000 worth of drinks and then be like, I can't believe you give away a tenth of your wage. <laughs> but I just had this conviction. I'm like, it's, it's going to be all out there. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. So I'm just going to tell you what I'm doing. And they're asking me questions. And the hard reality is that it's really confronting for us to explain to the world why we do what we do. And it's difficult because they don't understand it. But the proof is in the pudding. And unfortunately, the truth is that 10 years down the track, I'm happily married with three kids. And most of these guys are divorced. They're in marriages that they can't stand. They live their lives as alcoholics with gross sexual misfunction, right? Dysfunction in all these areas of their life. Not because they're intentionally bad, not because they're horrible people, but because they're living their lives nowhere near the plan that God actually intended for them. And so for us as believers, it's really, listen, you don't, you don't even have to, this is, the, this is a great message, you don't even have to turn up early and sweep the floor, right? All you have to do is have good relationships and don't hide it from people, you know? We could shift, come on, we could shift the direction of our nation by doing marriage well, by doing friendships well, by raising our kids well, and just answering the questions when people ask us. Like, you don't, you don't, need, to be an, you don't need to be an evangelist walking down the street, healing the, you know, raising the dead and healing cancer out of people. You just have to be at work when someone says, how was your weekend? And say, yeah, I actually took my wife out for a date on Saturday night. We had a great time. And he's like, really? Yeah, we've been married and we like each other. This, you know, like we talk about it like it's common, you know, but the truth is it's not, and the statistics tell us that it's not, and so that's why we are focused on it, right? So three points for you this morning, start, shift, and stick. What do you need to start this morning? Okay? Maybe you need to make a new connection. Could be someone you're close to, maybe you just turn up and you come in every week and you leave every week and you've got like two good friends in your life, the truth is you're probably going to need a few more. So maybe you need to just make a new connection. Maybe just hang around after the service and meet someone that you've never met before. Maybe you'll find someone and they actually need someone in their life just to walk with them, just to help them, okay? Maybe you need to start a new habit. Uh, This is not you know, and I'm talking to the men in the room here, right? We're not great at starting new habits. But the truth is, sometimes you just need to do it. Sometimes life changes and you go, I need to start something new. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to be nice to my wife. Simple, fundamental things. You know what I mean? But sometimes we just need to start something new. What can you start this morning, right? Maybe you haven't taken your wife out in five years. Maybe you need to start dating your wife again. 
maybe you need to start intentionally spending time with your friends, right? But whatever it is that you need to do this morning, make a start. Here's a really big one for you. Maybe you need to have a new thought. Maybe you actually need a new thought. You know, 1 Corinthians 2, Paul says this, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Uh, One of my favorite quotes uh, is a, a guy from California called Graham Cook, an amazing prophetic minister. And he says this, he says, If all your thinking has led you to a place that you do not want to be, maybe it's time you had a new thought. If all your thinking has led you to a place in relationships that aren't working, maybe it's time to let God give you a new thought. Okay? And this is the ability in relationships that Christians carry that the world doesn't. And that is this. When you received Christ at salvation, you received the mind of Christ. And so the world is stuck, right? But we have the ability to start something new because we can say, God, everything in my mind is telling me to think this way. I need a new thought. And I, I know that for husbands and wives here this morning, this is really important because there are times in life where you're under pressure and you start to think a particular way and yet right now God's knocking on the door going, hey, I want to give you a new thought about your spouse. You think he's this way? This is actually how I see him. That friend at work, you see him this way, but this is actually how I see him. And so right now I'm believing that in this place, the Holy Spirit's going to start this week to give you ideas. He's going to start to give you new thoughts that are about how much he loves people, how much he values people. And that's why we believe that the Holy Spirit can restore relationships because not only can he start to erase the past, but he can start to reinvent and create something new because only the Holy Spirit can release to you wisdom and insight into what someone else is actually like. And this is why we pray, (laughs) come on, for relationships to be restored because God gives us prophetic insight in how to see people, in how to treat people. So what do you need to start? Number two, what do you need to shift? Maybe you need to shift your expectations. Uh, Maybe you need to shift your finances. (laughs) Didn't get any amens on that one. Um, (laughs) I I think this can be difficult. And if if there's anything in my life that I find difficult, I think it's the ability to shift. Because the truth is, Life changes. You know, I see, this in, I see this in young people when they start to have kids. Did you know, just by the way, that the majority of marriages that break down actually break down between, generally speaking, around about seven years. And, and statistically, the only thing they can put that down to is normally that's when people have established their life and they start to have kids and all of a sudden the pressures of life start to mount, right? Generally people aren't struggling when they've just got together, especially when you're young because you've got dispensable time, you've got dispensable income. And so the only thing you're worried about is what are we doing? You know, where are we going for dinner tonight? What movie are we going to go and see? What are we going to do? And all of a sudden, seven years down the track, you've got three rugrats, you've got a mortgage, you've both got jobs, you're dropping the kids off at daycare, your time has gone from about this much available time to about this much, Right? And, marriage, and, and relationships get difficult. 
And so what do you need to shift? What, what, are you, what in your life, what is it in your relationships that go, I used to do it this way, but I need to shift that. You know, if, if your way of showing love to someone is to go and do something really elaborate, which I encourage you to do if you have the opportunity. But if your way of showing love to someone is to do something really expensive and really elaborate, it's fine when you have dispensable time and income. When you don't, you stop doing it. And so maybe you need to shift the way you do things. Maybe you need to shift and go, well, you know, maybe I haven't got, maybe I can't get a babysitter and we can't go and have an expensive meal. And so I'm going to pick up some servo flowers. (laughs) You know, like when I was young, I would have thought like servo flowers. Oh my goodness, that's the worst. Like, you know, he didn't even go to the florist and get some roses. He got like a $10 bunch of flowers from the servo. You know, but 10 bunches of servo flowers will get you a lot further in the life than one bunch of expensive roses. Did you know that? What do, what do you need to shift? Maybe you need to shift your finances. It's funny to think that people will invest in their superannuation, their property portfolio, their children's education, and fail to invest in the most fundamental of relationships, their marriage. (laughs) You know what? And that's why one of the reasons that there's such a high level of poverty is because people fail to invest financially into their marriage. They overlook it, invest all their money somewhere else. And let me just give you a hot tip. If you invest all your money in your super and don't put anything into your marriage, you're not going to have anyone to spend it with when you retire. So what do you need to shift? Number three, what do you need to stick with? <laughs> Listen, what do, you, what do you just need to stick with? I, I really believe that one of the greatest things we can do in our community is to find someone and just be in a relationship with them. Find someone, find someone in your life and just be a friend to them, right? Just go and connect with them and stick with them. Stick with them in the good times, stick with them in the bad times. Do you know that if you go to a, an aged care facility and ask them what, what would be of the most benefit to them in terms of how can we help out in your facility? You know, one of the first things that they'll tell you is, can you just come in and visit some of the people here? <laughs> You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anything special. You don't have to come in with a gift. They just want you to come and sit and talk to someone for half an hour. So what do you need to stick with? Maybe you need to find someone and just go, I'm going to stick with you, right? And what are the commitments that you've made that you need to stick with now? What what are the commitments that you made at one point in your life that you need to go, I'm going to stick with it now? You know, it's kind of interesting that the the vows that you give on your wedding day, you know, you're really passionate about them on the day, you know, like in sickness or in health, you know, you're like, yes. You know, funnily enough, when, you know, your whole family's sick and you haven't slept for three days, you don't have that same amount of passion in your life. But, you know, the key to healthy relationships is doing what you feel like when you don't feel like it. Do what you need to do when you feel like it, when you don't. And so what do you need to stick with today? Maybe there's something that you've forgotten that you go, oh, actually, that's how it was meant to be, and I just need to do it again today. And in doing that, 
something so simple. I believe that God glorifies what He's doing in our lives in a way that makes a difference to people in the community. So going right back to the start, my challenge this month is what can you engage with in this month? What can you do? Who can you connect with? Who can you meet with? Who can you take out for a meal? Who do you need to reconnect with this month to be able to take this from something that happens in church to something happens in the week? Because our nation is in desperate need of it. This community is in desperate need of people that will put the time and the effort into simply making connections. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.